0: Okay. Skip the show. The road on the show? No, no. It's get let's get the show on the road. Yeah. Let's try to sing. Jesus, keep me near the cross. Near the cross. Um, oh, I forgot to pray. We, I think we better pray. <laughs> Our dear Father, we thank you for this day, Lord. And again, we come before your throne of grace and thank you for everything you've done for us. Thank you for your salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. And uh, just pray that you would uh, help us to focus on you and learning from your word. And uh, just be with us tonight. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll do we'll do this one. Okay. We'll do this one, and, and we'll we'll pick another one for the end song. Okay. <laughs>
2: your tenacity tonight we are looking at the 70 of seven weeks you're gonna have to put on your thinking cap and and you're really gonna have to think tonight about some of this okay Um, I put this in the simplest terms I could think of I had three different people, four different people actually proof it, and Beth calls it my nasty math. (laughs) Now, I don't know what she really meant by that. I didn't want to go into great detail and ask more questions than I should have or could have. Yeah, well, yeah.
1: transgression, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness. This, I'm not sure what the business is, but from the issuing of the decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes, there will be seven, seven, seven sevens and 62 sevens. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. After the 62 sevens, the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. The people of the ruler who will come will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end, and desolations have been decreed. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on a wing of the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation until the end that is decreed is poured out on him.
2: Okay. <laughs> How many of you have understood all that? Nope. <laughs> all right. All no. um, right. There's, there's a lot of prophecy here, and it's built in, and it's, and it's buried deep. That's the best way I can describe this. Um, As early as 400 AD, and some of this is in your notes, some of it's not, um, there was so many different interpretations of these passages um, that Jerome, uh, a a biblical scholar at the time, knew of at least nine particular interpretations of just these three particular verses. So what we're going to do is we're going to try to break it down. We're not going to completely go into great detail, extremely detail tonight on what it all means, but we're going to lay out the, the parts of it so that we can see what certain parts of it mean topically, and then we'll look at more of the meaning next week, okay? Um, because of those multiple interpretations, a lot of pastors and teachers stay away from this one. Uh, it's complicated. It's complicated. It's very complicated. It's complex. It's a tough passage to study and break down. You have to break it down in order to understand it better. And everything I'm giving you tonight is is coming from three different sources, three different books, if you would. Um, But like all Scripture, there's only one primary interpretation. There might be multiple applications, but there's only one primary interpretation. Um, We're going to look at the 70 weeks. And you have to think and remember, Daniel's on his knees, he's praying, and, and it, it, God's going to bless his heart by giving the interpretation and the meaning behind it. But it, it, we need to remember, this is an answer to the prayer that Daniel's praying. And it's, it's important that we keep that in mind. <coughs> i got to get out my other sheet here. Um, it's an answer to that prayer. And in 20 and 21, if we go back a little bit and we look at 20 through 23, he says, I, While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people, now Daniel speaking, Israel, and making my request to the Lord my God for his holy will, for, from his holy hill, while I was still in prayer, Gabriel, the man I had seen in the earlier vision, came to me in swift light about the time of the evening sacrifice. He instructed me and said to me, Daniel, I have now come to give you insight and understanding. As soon as you began to pray, an answer was given, which I have come to tell you, for you are highly esteemed. Therefore consider the message and understand the vision." You have to put this picture in your mind. Daniel starts praying and Gabriel goes to him immediately. He flew to him right away. I think it's amazing that that took place, number one. Number two, he's saying, Daniel, I'm going to give you special skill and special understanding to interpret this vision as you see it. It's an important message from God, and he wants you to completely grasp it. So. To me, it's, it's very remarkable that a single man, now I'm not saying this is God's favoritism, but this single man has an angel assigned to him from heaven to immediately, when he prays, goes and answer that prayer. Wouldn't that be cool? <laughs> um, the prophecy is starting to get disclosed in that first part of 24. The 77s are decreed for the people. We have to remember... All of this is aimed at the nation of Israel. It's aimed at the Jews. Now, he's going to tie the church age back, in, back into it near the end, but not right now. This is focusing strictly on the Jews, all right, the Jewish nation. In 24, we also see that the, that time frame is is lapsed. That 77, 70 of sevens is almost up. And this, this captivity in Babylon is almost done. So Daniel is trying to understand this. But there's some things here that we have to grasp first. The 70 years of captivity, while it was expiring, it wasn't complete. Look at verse 24 with me. It's on the bottom of that first page. Seventy-sevens are decreed for your people in the holy city to finish transgression To put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to seal up the vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy. Now, he's talking about Christ when he says, anoint the most holy. But the Jews take everything, and they don't see the Messiah as the Messiah when he comes. And, And we all know that. We understand that. But... There's some things here the 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 chronological timeline of the events that happened are 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 not contagious they're not they're not continuous so as we look at this, you have to understand the difference in the weeks and this is where it gets a little tricky um, because there's there's multiple things happening here ah. So let's look at this for a second. We understand the meaning of the term weeks from the word heptide, heptad, meaning a unit of measure. For us it would be like saying a dozen. If you walked into the store and just said, I want a dozen, they'd look at you and say, a dozen of what? A dozen eggs? A dozen donuts? You know, a dozen of what? Well, they had the same situation here. but. That heptad is a designated collection of seven things, not a dozen, not like 12. Okay, so it's seven. So when we see that first, first it says 70 of sevens. That's what he's talking about. Um, Gabriel said to Daniel in, 20, in verse 24, here then are those 70 sevens. And what's he talking about? Do you remember where Daniel was reading from? when we left him last time. I know it's been two weeks. Jeremiah. Jeremiah, Jeremiah was talking in what he was reading about years. So it, it, it follows suit that he was talking about seventy of seven years. And we're going to look at how that map breaks down in here in a little bit. Um, the Jews recognized the week has three different distinctive things. And and that seven comes into play in all this. Um, there were three classifications of weeks. The very first one is the week of days, the calculated from one Sabbath to another. And that would make a Sabbath week. And I, I've asked four people to read for us. And I'm gonna ask you guys to read loud so everybody can hear. It's Exodus twenty, verses eight through eleven. Who's got that one? Okay. Elaine.
1: Remember to observe the Sabbath day the weaker. For in six
2: days, the Lord made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything in them. Then he rested on the seventh day. That is why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day instead of the five days. Okay, so that, for the Jew, that was the Sabbath week. But they also looked at the second definition, if you would, of weeks, is seen in Leviticus 25, 3 through 7. It calculates one sabbatical year to another sabbatical year which consisted of seven complete years. Okay, now here's where it's going to get confusing as we look at this. But I have a graphic that we're going to put up near the end and show you guys and maybe it'll help a little bit. Okay, so who has uh, Leviticus 25, 3 through 7? For
1: six years sow your fields and for six years prune your vineyards and gather their crops. But in the seventh year, the land is to have a Sabbath of rest, a Sabbath to the Lord. Do not sow your fields or prune your vineyards. Do not reap what grows in itself, or harvest the grapes of your untended vines. The land is to have a year of rest. Whatever the land yields during the Sabbath year will be food for you, for yourself, for your main servant and main servant, and the hired worker and temporary resident, who lives among you, as well as for your livestock and the wild animals in your land
2: whatever the land produces maybe okay so the seven year took up another seven. but now we have to think about this for a second you know it, it, time has multiple dimensions multiple mindsets seconds minutes hours, days, weeks, months years all those type of things but what he was reading from Daniel was talking about years when he was when Gabriel came to him and talked to him about this that's why the theologians put all this together in years and it fits with a lot of other context that comes from the Bible as we're going to look at this a little differently but the third definition of seven: Weeks are seven times seven weeks. We see as forty-nine years was calculated from one jubilee period to the next jubilee period. Okay, you guys remember what the year of jubilee was all about?
3: Forgiven all the debts.
2: Forgiven all the debts. Everything was everything was to be returned to the original owners. So, let's say if. I'm going to pick on Dale because he's been around here doing a lot of work here recently. Let's say Dale bought me as his servant and he bought me the first year after Jubilee. He would pay a higher price for me because he had 49 more years that he could work me to death. (laughs) But if he bought me the year before the year of Jubilee, he would pay a much lesser price because he could only Have me till that year of Jubilee was up, then I'd have to be either set free or return to my original honor, unless I had committed to him to stay with him. Okay? So that's how they evaluated the cost of certain things, too. So you have to think about that. Okay, so who had Genesis 25, 8 through 13 for the years of Jubilee? Uh, Leviticus, what did I say?
3: And you shall count seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, and the time of the seven Sabbaths of years shall be to you 49 years, then you shall cause the return.
2: I'm sorry. It's okay. And you
3: shall cause the trumpet of the jubilee to sound on the tenth day of the seventh month, on the day of anointing. You shall make the trumpet to sound throughout the year, throughout all your land, and you shall concentrate the fifth year. And proclaim liberty throughout all the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you. And each of you shall return to his pos- possession, and each of you shall return to his family. The 50th year. Shall be a jubilee to you. In it you shall neither sow nor reap what grows of its own accord, nor gather the grapes of your unintended vine. For it is the jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its produce from the field. It is the year of Jubilee. Each of you shall return to his possessions.
2: Okay, thank you Dale. So it gets more and more confusing as we look at these time timelines time and, and mathematics. Okay? But... If we think about this, there's a couple of other instances here. There's an interesting narrative in Genesis 29, um, 15 through 28. Who has that one? Who did I give that to? Can I give one to you, Larry? What did they give you?
3: I'm
2: in the next one 23, 15, 16. 23, 15, 16. Well, let me just explain it this way. Um, Genesis twenty nine fifteen through twenty eight is is the years that were talked about when Jacob agreed to work for Rachel, but it's a second set. It's the second time around, right? Because Laban tricked him and caused him to have to work additional years. It goes something like this in in the Old Testament. Um, well, I'm going to let Larry read fifteen and sixteen, and we may go back to that. You got 23, 15, 16?
3: From the day after the Sabbath, the day you have brought the sheep of, sheep of the wave offering, count off seven full weeks. Count off 50 days up to the day after the seventh Sabbath. And then present an offering of new grain to the Lord.
2: Okay, so we have to keep in mind these weeks are used synonymously throughout the text, but they're for different timelines. Some of them are actual weeks. Some of them are years. Some of them are are numbers of years, 7 times 70 years. And you're going to see some of this in the graphic that we put up here in a minute. Um, Here's the deal. The prophecy of the 70 weeks refers to a total of 490 years. And just doing a simple math on the very first line, you can probably figure that out. But it's broken down into three separate areas. Three separate timelines, if you would, if you read through those verses carefully. Um, The years of captivity recorded by Jeremiah were coming to their end. We already talked about that. And we have to remember the number seven always refers to completion or perfection in Scripture. So God's purpose and his, his time frame was being brought to completion in regard to these issues, especially the captivity of Babylon. Okay? So the mathematics. All right. This is where it gets tricky. All right. So, so stay, stay with me for a few more minutes, okay? We're going to try to explain this as best we can. But I gave you guys a lot of references in these so that you can go home and look them up. Because we, we need three hours to do this. if We're going to look at every single thing that connects. Um, the three divisions of the 70 weeks, 25 and 26, Gabriel speaking to Daniel and he says this. No one understand this. From the issuing of a decree to restore and rebuild Jerusalem until the anointed one, the ruler comes. Now, he's talking about Christ, of course. He says there will be seventy sevens and sixty-two sevens. Now, he's taken that seventy sevens and he's broken them down into two different structures right there. And we're going to talk about the last one when we get close to the end. And the anointed one will be cut off and will have nothing. What do you think that refers to, or does any of my really scholarly people know what that means? It was his crucifixion.
3: Yeah.
2: When he's cut off, that was his crucifixion. They didn't see him as the Messiah. They they missed they missed they misunderstanding who he was. So he was cut off. Now I always I've always thought about you know what would have happened if they hadn't have cut his life off and they would have recognized him as the Messiah. We might all be speaking Hebrew.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so then it says, the people of the ruler will come, will destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and the desolations have been decreed. So it's, it's setting up for some of those end time world events, but it's also talking about what takes place for the destruction of the temple. So it, it all it's all over the lot, all right? So the 77s, the first set, is in your notes right here. That talks about the 49 years. It's the starting point of the prophecy. And he talks about those three decrees, and I've outlined it for you there. The restoration, the reconstruction of the temple, and the rebuilding of the temple, or the rebuilding of Jerusalem itself. Okay? So here's the tough part. (laughs) The first part of the decree was basically limited to the rebuilding of the temple. And we see that in Ezra, predominantly in Ezra. And you have those scripture verses there. But you also see things in Isaiah and Chronicles. Okay? In in Ezra 6, the Lord's temple is complete. So you're going to see that once you read that. The second decree made by Darius... Um, it, If you remember from last time, Darius didn't really conquer anything. He was just sort of handed the 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 rulership, if you would. He really didn't earn it. So it was it was it was a it was a reclamation of the proclamation really that that Cyrus made earlier. But it's there. So that second decree comes from Darius. The third decree comes from Artis extras. Artis, uh, Artis, Artis yeah, There you go. Uh, I never can get his name right. Um, in 445 B.C. But here's the thing. In Nehemiah 2, it seems that the details of the record are correct at the starting point. Now here's where it gets funny. In Nehemiah 2.8 and 13.15, it says, Come and let us build the wall of Jerusalem. Now, now, we know that the king gave Nehemiah permission to go do that. But there's some timelines here that are really interesting to think about. If you go to Malachi, in the prophecy of Malachi, it talks about this it covers the 7 weeks or the 70 of 7 years which is this total of 49 years but it all has to tie together you have to look at these scriptures to tie this first 49 years together so the 62 sevens and i've got the numbers there for you equal 434 years those 434 years combined with that 49 years Make a total of four hundred eighty-three years. We're missing seven years, aren't we? So don't you
1: have to do the math according to the Jewish calendar? About
2: there's a lot of controversy about that, and and I'll talk about that in a second because there's two books that I'll mention that if you want to if you want to try to find them, I couldn't find them anywhere in our stuff here, um, but the jewish calendar talks about 360 days as opposed to 365 days but if you do that then the timeline doesn't line up quite right the way it does if you use the 365 day calendar so i'll, I'll explain that more in a second okay so you've got the 434 years the 49 years for a total of 483 years so we right now we're missing seven years Okay. So, verse twenty-six talks about after three score and two weeks the Messiah shall be cut off. We talked about that. So, the King has another prophecy that was going to be fulfilled, and he talks about that in greater detail. Wrong page. So. We have to be sort of careful here. We don't want to consider the chronological aspect of this to be consistent all the way through. There doesn't seem to be any time gap or lag, if you would, between the first set of sevens and the second set of sevens. But there is definitely a time lapse between the second and the third set of sevens. If you go back and look, and the time period from verse 26 is probably one of the most amazing prophecies in in the whole Bible, if you think about it. It states... Given you a little bit of insight there. Um, these are the names of the books, if you want them. Um, Sir Robert Anderson wrote Daniel and the Critic's Den and the Coming Prince. And Sir Robert traced the time of the day that the king gave permission to me and Nehemiah to build, rebuild Jerusalem until the first Palm Sunday when the Lord publicly presented himself as. King of Israel. It's exactly four hundred and eighty-three years. Say that again. From the time Nehemiah, from the time the king gave Nehemiah permission to rebuild Jerusalem until the Lord presented himself on that first Palm Sunday as King, it's exactly four hundred and eighty-three years. Think about that one for a few minutes. Um, but now let's talk about the last seven years what is that? perhaps there's a lot of controversy about that it is the one week remaining of the 70 weeks so if we're looking at weeks as years which is what Jeremiah was reading about that last seven years, or last yeah, the last seven years put in with 483 years makes the 490 years as being discussed. Now we've already said that there was a time lapse. Now here's the thing. Go ahead and put up the graphic if you would.
3: A lot of people think that that's the seven years before Christ returns.
2: Can you guys see that?
3: Uh-huh. Three and a half years and, three and a half years.
2: They think about that. But what's more indicative of this is the fact that it goes back to verse 27. It goes back to verse 27. He will confirm a covenant with many for one seven. In the middle of the seven, he will put an end to sacrifice and the offering. Now, he's talking about the three-and-a-half-year time frame and on a wing of the temple he will set up an abomination that causes desolation we know about that until the end is decreed is poured out on him all right so let's think if we've got the 483 years that have already taken place but there's a gap or there's a pause or a break between that we are living in the last Seven years, but it's not just years. Remember what we said about the 49 years? Now, is God's timing our timing? Never. No, but he has to give this to Daniel in something that Daniel can understand. Look at what I've written there. Daniel, Gabriel did not reveal to Daniel that the 70th week did not follow immediately. The is an indefinite period of time. It is the present church age. This is what the theologians think. Not me. Guy's much smarter than me. That had its start at Pentecost, but it will conclude at the appearing of Christ to gather his church. And we see that in John 14, 2, and 3, and 1 Thessalonians 4, 16, and 17. Presently, God is dealing with all mankind. But remember, the focus of this was on the Jews. So this all has to be taken into consideration. Anyone that accepts Christ, of course, will be born spiritually into the kingdom. John 3 tells us that. We have that. That gap, or parentheses, between the sixth and ninth, 69th and 70th years is basically considered an undetermined amount of time could be the years like Jubilee where there's where there's weeks but those weeks are actually years but it could be centuries. We don't know how that pans out. But we are living in that church age right now they believe. 1 Peter 3.12 says the prophetic gap is seen in 1 Peter sort of For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Now, the 70th week should not be viewed as being chronologically consecutive. But there's some other other things things we have have to consider here. Between those second and third parts, we have to remember some things. Paul, James, all of the Old Testament and New Testament writings... There's something when James is quoting Amos. He reminds the brethren that they appeared. And this is from the scripture to the Gentiles to take out from among them a people for his name. And then Amos prophet said, after this, I will return and I will build again the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. And that's from Acts. So. The study of those scriptures, God's dealing with the nation of Israel nationally, but he's opening the door for the other nations to come in, those who will accept him as Savior and Lord. There's a key verse. David wrote, The face of the Lord is against them that do evil, to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. That's Psalm 34 16. Okay? But did you ever think about why when Peter wrote what he wrote, and I read to you a minute ago, that he, he didn't finish that verse the way it was written in Psalms. He said this, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. But he didn't have in there to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. Why? Because the time of future judgment wasn't there yet. Like I said, this gets deep. You have to think. Isaiah 61, 1 and 2 said this. When he taught in the temple at Nazareth, Isaiah said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon men to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. However, in Luke four eighteen, when the Lord read from that passage, he said this, the spirit of the Lord is upon me to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And Luke adds, he closed the book. He didn't complete the writing from the Old Testament. Because the time was not yet right. So you're, 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 you're looking at multiple verses, multiple ways to put the puzzle together. Are you thoroughly confused? Well, I did a good job then. (laughs) Um, Just remember the 77s, we're in the middle of the last seven and it's the church age. And we don't know exactly what that timeline looks like, but we know we're in the end of it. We're going to look more in depth at, at the meaning of those intricate parts rather than the time frames next week. But in order to understand some of the meaning we have, to understand some of those time frames, okay? Now that I've thoroughly confused you, we need to go to prayer.